You know, last week I showed you and I told you that $80 trillion worth of derivative contracts were resetting over the weekend. Interestingly enough, I have heard not one word about you. And so that's made a lot of you go, well, well she said this was going to happen and it didn't happen. Things, you know, honestly, my job is not to show you what you can already see. My job is to warn you about what you can't see and that's coming. And so since there are so many nuances to this subject, today I'm going to give you an update on the entire global reset, including the derivatives because last week oh, was just one piece of this Jenga puzzle. And all of that and so much more. That's all coming up. Hey. I'm Lynette Zhang. Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading. And you know, I don't necessarily tell you what you want to hear, but it's my job to tell you what you need to hear because this definitely is a Jenga economy and there are a lot of pieces that are missing from it. And nobody really knows which one particular piece is going to topple the entire system. But make no mistake about it. If I'm telling you something, if I'm giving you a date, it's because the powers that be were giving this to me. And so we've had a lot of backlash. Well, it didn't really happen. Actually, it did indeed happen. And a lot of things have been happening. I've been talking since 2008 that the system died but it was papered over so that you didn't know it. Did they fix those problems? Oh gee, what, what, what created that topple the last time? Well, my goodness, it was derivatives. What are derivatives? They are just big bets that are based on the underlying. And so the big question is, when do you want to know when something's happening? And I think it's pretty interesting if you go on the ISDA website and you should not be taking my word for anything. That's why I give you all of the links. This and more is what I'm researching and I'm looking at, but you have the ability to easily do the your own due diligence because I've pulled all of these up for you. And I'm going to tell you something else. It was my intention before the crisis happened in 2008, I had my retirement all planned out and I was going to travel different places of the world, stay for months at a time, do art, do food and enjoy my life and have my kids come over and join me wherever I happen to be. But because of what happened in 2008, and I did not think I would see another reset in my lifetime. I saw it in 71. I didn't think I was going to see it. But when I saw what happened in 2008, I knew that we had to go into a reset because the system died. It died then. Did you know it before it collapsed? And I've been talking about it since then. And I've had a lot of people say to me, well, Lynette, nothing's happening. Look at the stock markets. It's up so high and the dollar is, well, the dollar is, is so strong. Well, gosh, when you have lots of money to paper over it, it's easy to make the stock markets rise because the entire fiat system is based upon mis information and hiding the truth and transferring the wealth. And by the way, I've said this a lot before, I'm sure I will say it more in the future. When I'm talking about a reset, it's a restructuring of the system, it happens through inflation all the time. What you want to see, what you're asking me to see is when, bam, is this big collapse 
gonna take place. That I can't tell you. I do have some crystal balls, but they don't give me a lot of great information. They're just really pretty to look at. So let's begin because I wanna go over all of this because you know we're gonna do an update, but by the time you get that bam, big thing, guess what? It's too late to do anything about. And just like in 2008, I mean, you guys have seen little snippets and those that have gone to the new website, but we're, we're doing some great things. You know, because I believe my work, I don't care what anybody blah, blah, blah says. I listen to what they say. I watch what they do. And when it's eerily quiet like this, I know there's a whole lot more that's going on. And keep in mind, this is a big experiment. So I started my urban farm. I was living in a little 1,200 square foot condo and preparing for that retirement. Well, all of that changed in 2008. And then I bought this property that have enough bedrooms for me to accommodate my children. And I became an urban farmer. Gardening was not anything that I ever really considered. If I really felt like doing it, I'd go visit my sister that lives in Sedona, who is a master gardener. Me, I'm not such a master gardener. This, prop, this problem has not gone away. And according to the ISDA, which is the International Swaps and Derivative Association, which is a conglomeration of all these guys that create all of these intangible bets and products. I mean, they're the banks that are all part of this. There were $640.4 trillion Try and wrap your brain around that amount of money. 640.4, and that, my dears, was back in June of 2019. Now, interestingly enough, only $5.12 trillion ended up being tied to the reference free rate. So that new market that they were shifting to over the weekend, you know, only 80,000, this was a test. They tested it in Europe. Oh, okay, it was less complicated and less, you know, and there was much smaller. All right, they tested it. They saw, okay, we've got to make sure that people are kept whole or corporations are kept whole. So they create more money to do that. Right now with all the money printing, pretty easy to hide what they're doing and who they're giving it to you. They're not giving it to you or me. All right, maybe a little drib here or a little drab there, but they're giving it to these entities. So imagine that out of 640, over 640 trillion, only five, a little bit more than five trillion made it into this new market they were creating. And the deadline is December 31st of 2021 and we are fast approaching November of 2020. I think that's quite interesting. I also came across this on the ISDA's website. I gave you more links than you probably even want, but if you really want to see what they're doing, follow these links and go there. Okay, so the ISDA, this is a direct quote. Yeah, nothing's resetting, nothing's changing, nothing's happening, really? Because according to the ISDA CEO, this is a once in a generation opportunity to restructure the foundations of the market and we need to grasp this opportunity. Did you get that? Restructure the foundations of the market. It's a big experiment. Do you really think that a 640 trillion notional, notional means we do not know what the value is at risk. That's just the value that the banks have agreed to. That's what the value of the contracts are. That's all that is. We're talking quadrillions of dollars worth of value at risk. And for goodness sakes, we're going to restructure. That's a reset. 
the foundations of the market. Sure, they can do it. Big deal. Really? Because I think it is a big deal. I think it's a very big deal. And the big question is, when do you want to know? Because I want to know it before it's too late for me to get in position. And so what do I have here? I have food, I have water, I have energy, though I gotta do a little more with that. But I've got energy. I've got food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, which is what this is all about, and shelter. I'm prepared. How did you feel in March? How come you weren't ready for that? Did you have all the toilet paper you needed, all the food you needed? What happened? Could you help your neighbor? Could you help your family? Did you have the gold and the silver when you saw the paper markets completely disconnect from the physical markets? I'll tell you what, I've been buying for a long time. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because I want to know ahead of time. When do you want to know? Here, this was just in, well, September 21st, okay? Additionally, as we have also discussed, the ISDA will provide market participants with approximately two weeks notice of the official launch date and later effective date. Okay, they're gonna give participants, that's all these banks and these major corporations that work with that work that use derivatives as leverage and for speculation, which is what sunk the system back in 2008. Additionally, IBOR, interbank offer rate, that's the one that's going away. In this country, it's the LIBOR, but it's the same thing. Supplement and the IBOR fallbacks protocol will take effect approximately three months after the launch date. All they needed was the nod from the Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice. Now, what's a fallback? Well, that's the language in the contract that enables them to switch to a new benchmark when the old one fails or goes away. You and me in our contracts for like credit cards and things like that, we don't have that option. We can't, it's, it's, in, it's already in the contracts. But for that 640 trillion in derivatives, oh, I'm sorry, 635 trillion of derivatives, that fallback language is not in there. It's not in there. So here they're starting to give us some dates. And wait till you see because they finalized all the dates. And I really want you to understand, I do not give you dates unless they are given to me. These are the guys that control that. So they can cover up a lot. Look at what they did when Greece defaulted. And during the, the European and what, 2012 and 13, when so many of the banks were go and governments were having problems. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more later. But the effective date will not occur before the second half of January 2021 because the participants said, oh, things get locked up in December, blah, blah, blah. So here, they're giving you an outline. So we've got two weeks after the notice and then three months. The objective of the three-month period is to allow the bulk of the market to agree to include the new fallbacks in their existing, existing non-clear derivatives transactions before the effective date. So they have to have the ability to shift it. But here's the problem, even when they do indeed shift it, is because it is a new benchmark, the value of those contracts changed. That's why the 80 trillion that were changed over the weekend, if you recall, and if not, go back and watch the video, the ones with the slides on them from last week, but they were going to negate the impact by if you lost money, if the corporation or the bank lost money, they were gonna pay them that money that they lost so that they were not forced to go and sell those contracts on the open market, which by the way, would have made it appear apparent to you a whole lot sooner. We don't know yet, 
Nobody knows. And and I, I'm telling you, go on to the ISD website. There's not one word of it. Not one. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. That And actually, if you start reading their documents, they talk about hiding this and hiding that and hiding the other thing. Not in this particular um, case, but I mean, you read the documents and you hear that. They don't want you to know what's going on because you might make some different choices than what they have in mind. But make no mistake, the timing was announced in September 21st, a month ago. Okay, so here's what happened October 9th. This is on the ISDA website. Good thing is that the go-ahead was given by the Department of Justice on October 1st. So you see that? They got the they got the go ahead and then they ran the test 2 weeks later. You got to understand that. The ISDA will launch the Ibor fallback supplement to the 2000 So they're talking about making all of the changes to the contracts on October 23rd. This is not my date. This is their date and they're doing it. So even though you can't see this, that doesn't mean that it's not happening. It means it's happening indeed. And the protocol, they already told you it won't happen until the second half of January. Well, here you go. It's going to take effect on January 25th of 2021. Ba-bam, we have the date three months out we got the DOJ on board. Okay, everything is nice and tidy and legal. And you know what? In a court of law, your perception doesn't mean anything. It's what's in those contracts. And who reads those contracts? We don't read those contracts. You don't read those contracts. And they know that. So guess who those contracts are written for the benefit of? On this date, January 25th, 2021. On this date, all new derivatives contracts that incorporate the 2006 ISDA definitions and reference one of the covered IBORs will contain the new fallbacks. Derivative contracts existing as of this date will incorporate the new fallbacks. Now, does that mean that we're gonna see a big clap of thunder? I don't know, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Does it mean if we don't see a big clap of thunder that it didn't happen? No, it does not mean that at all. I will be watching very closely to see when the results of this auction of the 80 trillion comes out because look at, they've got to convert over $600 trillion worth of contracts. $600 trillion. What's $80 trillion? It's nothing. Although for you or me, I'm thinking $80 trillion is an awful lot of money at this time. That won't be true when we go into the hyperinflation and maybe it'll buy a loaf of bread. But at least at this point, that's still a lot of dollars. At least at this point. And I also want to remind you, from the Bank for International Settlements, the Financial Stability Oversight Council has repeatedly identified reference rate transition as a financial stability risk. You think? You think that, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that the biz and the Financial Stability Oversight Council are kind of in the know about this stuff. This is a big, huge experiment. Never, ever, 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 ever been done before. So what do you think is gonna happen? You think you're gonna know? Well, you still have an opportunity to do something about it? Because I don't think you're gonna know. I was there in 1971. If you were there in 1971, did you know that we had shifted from a gold-backed system to a debt-based system? Did you know that? I'm thinking you didn't. And here we have the IMF calling for a new Bretton Woods moment on the same day that the article on the 80 trillion came out. 
Coincidence? Both probably kind of buried. But I want to remind you what Bretton Woods was because in 1944, that was a reset of the global financial system. Up to that point, all countries' currencies were backed by gold and the governments of those different countries managed their gold reserves. In Bretton Woods, it shifted to all currencies being tied or pegged to the US dollar. And the US dollar was backed by gold. So it was a quasi gold back system. But once the US government had that level of control, when we got into the wars, especially the Vietnam War, we printed money like it was going out of style. We reneged on this agreement. Now this, hey, never let a good crisis go to waste. We know that. But this is their moment because you should never let a good crisis go to waste. We can create a new Bretton Woods moment. But you know, I'm gonna come to this in a minute. How well did that work out for you and me, for the normal public? Worked out really good for the many. We'll talk about it. So what they're expecting is for the world economy to decline by 4.4%. Yeah, I bet you it's a lot worse than that. And output, GDP output, to decline by 11 trillion. But according to a new World Economic Report, also by the IMF, the uncertainty surrounding the baseline projection is unusually large. Yes, but when people are scared enough and you offer a little crumb of bread, if you're hungry enough, you're gonna take that crumb of bread. And if there are lots of strings attached to it, well, maybe you're just too hungry to see them. That's why in addition to everything else that we're doing, we are launching a new education platform that's based around the entire mantra, food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter. Because our desire is that more people are protected, whether, you know, because I, I hear people go, oh, she just wants us to buy gold. I do want you to buy gold because it's the only thing that you're, that's going to protect you. Whether you buy it from us or not, I want you to buy gold and I want you to buy silver too. Because the more people that have that gold, the better off we're all going to be. We can come together as a community and say, no, you cannot do this. We will retain choices. And you guys know I'm all about educated choices. Talking again about 1971 and Nixon, you know, I didn't know I had a $20 bill in my pocket before. I had a $20 bill in my pocket after. Nominally, they were identical. They were both $20 bills. But one had a backing of gold and created restrictions and forced fiscal responsibility. The second was created by central bankers who know debt contracts and interest rates. And so inside of the coronavirus pandemic, there have been $12 trillion worth of fiscal actions. And we can see what has happened to the central bank balance sheet. Let me just show you. 2007, this is the global one, uh, Fed, ECB, Bank of Japan, and uh, China's uh, central bank. 2007, those balance sheets were at $5 trillion, and then we had the crisis. And all of that money printing covered up a lot of the garbage and transferred the wealth onto the, the liabilities onto our taxpayers' shoulders and the wealth onto the banks, onto the ones at the top. Additionally, when they attempted right, to reduce their balance sheet. Remember that? Quantitative tightening. Well, at the bottom of it, they were at 19.7 trillion on their balance sheet. That was the first quarter 
of 2020. Now, as of September, they're at 26.8 trillion on their balance sheet. So how do you solve a too much debt problem? Well, what's the central bankers and the government's choice? More debt. Oh yeah, that makes sense to me. Interest rates are tied to debt. And this is part of why we have seen so many countries go to negative rate debt. But what you need to also understand is that over 73% of the derivative contracts in this country held in the FDIC insured banks. Is that where you hold your money? They are all interest rate related. And let's see, hmm, how long have interest rates been anchored somewhere near zero? Well, let's see, 2008 to 2020, okay? 12 years. All of those derivative, con well, not all of them, because there's a lot of legacy derivative contracts as well. But according to the most current report, from the ISDA, globally, 449 trillion derivative contracts are tied to interest rates. And what do we know? Oops, sorry about this. I should have had this out. Okay, okay, what happens? Because this is what happens to the contracts as well. Interest rates, principal, val principal balance. When interest rates go up, the principal balance goes down. But what's been happening? They've been pushing interest rates down so that governments and individuals and corporations could take on even more debt. So what do you think is gonna happen when the confidence is lost? And I mean, we can't even talk about the contracts that have been written, Covenant Light, removing the protections from you, the investor. I can't, it's hard for me to even consider those things investments because to me they're about speculation and it's it's not good so this is all about confidence these interest rates when confidence when the public loses confidence in the system interest rates are going to go up this is going to trigger an event 449 trillion how are you going to paper over that how are you going to do it push a button and create a whole lot of money. What do you think that does to the value of the dollars that are already out there? There's not much value in terms of purchasing power. There's not much value left. Got gold? Cause I do because of this and many more things, but because of all the things that we talked about. So all they really did was change the accounting laws. I've shown you that now they net all these things out. And so you can take, you know, 400 trillion and may, I mean, I can't even imagine if that's what they're officially saying, 449 trillion, how many quadrillion, quadrillion do you think that is? I couldn't even venture a guess. I couldn't even venture one. But still, what's the answer? Even more debt. Hey, they tried austerity. You remember Greece? When they defaulted on those loans and the IMF went in, and I mean, it's important to remember this, the IMF went in with the ECB and they loaned them all this money. And I, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think something like 14 to 16 austerity measures. So, hey, they're not gonna use austerity for now. But when we're all indebted to the IMF, I gotta tell you, uh, maybe I'll do a report on this. Dylan, would you please write this down for me? That I'll take a look at how the countries have fared that have become beholden to the IMF because not good. I can tell you that right off the top of my head, not good. But I'll dig into it more deeply and we should take a look at that because that's what's lying in our future. That's how the IMF, which is made up of every treasury secretary and every central bank chief, non-elected technocrats, almost, not every single one, but almost every single one. That's who's part of the IMF. And that's who's about to be in control. Bankers. Oh yeah, I love that. So they're anticipating the public debt levels in advanced economies 
if for 2020 or 2021 rather to be at 125%. So I pulled up the, from the Fred, you've got all the links, the public debt levels uh, from the US. And in 1966, it was at a little bit more than 40%. 2008, 64.4%. Hmm. The beginning, the first quarter of 2020, 107.7%. And by the end of the second quarter, 135.6%. We've blown 125% out of the water. Do you really think there's no ramifications for this? Do you really think that everything is okay? Because it really doesn't matter whether you're a government, a corporation, or an individual. Debt all works the same eventually. Now, if you could go in and create your own money, then you could keep this going a lot longer than anybody would think. You could go in the back closet, pull out a Monopoly set, and if the grocery store would still accept that money, the Monopoly money, rock and roll hoochie coo, you can keep spending. But at some point, the game ends and everything, everything, everything that I am seeing tells me we are very close to the end, but I cannot tell you it will be Tuesday morning at 8.35, but it could be. Which is the piece that's going to come out of this that's going to topple the whole thing? Were you prepared in 2008? Because in 2000, July, I think it was July 9th, 2007, the dollar went to its lowest historic level against the weighted basket. And I knew something nasty this way comes. And 2008 was pretty nasty. And I can tell you without one little doubt in my mind, something nasty this way comes. Here's the IMF answer. I love it. Boost concessional lending capacity. Oh, debt. And adapt lending toolkits. Oh, enable even more debt. And then finally, increase support for capacity development. Increase lending capacity, enable even more debt. Well, they're going to have to go to negative rates. I know the Fed keeps saying they don't want to. I mean, honestly, do you think they're going to have a choice? Do you think any of this? I mean, they've painted themselves into a corner. The global central banks have painted themselves into the corner. But the Fed is the leader because at least at this point, at least technically, we hold the title of world reserve currency. But that always changes too. And this time will not be any different. Over 4,800 times they have attempted this experiment. Not quite like this. I mean, hey, this was the first time, brilliant, brilliant, no doubt. This was the first time that they attempted to control the rate and speed of the inflation. That's why it's gone on for so long. This was the first time that central banks have had historically an unlimited charter because frankly, governments know that this is what's gonna happen. So they put a limit on it so that what we're about to go through can't happen or not as bad anyway. Well, I hope you're prepared. I really hope you're prepared because we know more debt is not going to solve a too much debt problem. Because frankly, the more debt you have, the more interest that you pay, which is why you've seen interest rates decline since the early 80s from 21% to 0.09, the Fed funds rate, right? Because that's how they've enabled more and more debt to grow. The lower the interest rate, the cheaper the payment. And, you know, I've had guests on that said, well, people don't look at what they're paying for something. They look at the payment. 
I look at how much something is. I might also look at the payment if I'm going to assume debt to do it. But I'm looking at how much I'm paying for things because I think that that is a dangerous approach. Unless you have the gold to repay it. If you have the means to repay the debt anytime you want to or anytime you need to, that is a different story. 71% of the 449 trillion of all derivatives are interest rate related and look at the interest rates. So interest rates have to stay anchored because of this, you know, that's not very secure. This is solid and secure. This is not. And that is what's underpinning the entire global financial system. Yeah, this should be no big deal. What do you think? What happens when interest rates rise? Well, you know, you've seen this chart if you've been watching me for a while. Every year, the Bank of Canada uh, runs a report on sovereign debt in default. So this is the most current one. And the red here are the advanced economies. So this was during the European crisis. And you can see, I mean, there's no red over here. And oops, here's two years, no red. But here's that red, that's advanced economies. The, uh, let's see, the heavily indebted poor countries is just that little piece there. Emerging and frontier economies. So China's still in this classification here. Look. Our defaults, sovereign debt, sovereign is government. Our sovereign defaults on the rise? Hmm, yeah, I think so. And you're going to see a whole lot more of that. How can you bail that out? And by the way, who's responsible for sovereign debt? Hmm, taxpayers. You and me. Our taxes have to go up. They have to. We're seeing some different tax cuts because of, well, not tax cuts, I'm sorry, service cuts to save money. But we have lots of crises that are swirling around. I can't tell you, I can't prove that the coronavirus pandemic was a planned event. But you know, I did that report going into the lab of Wuhan, they knew about it. They even helped create a bigger virus. Coincidence? I don't know. The timing could not have been more perfect to drive people online, to accept digital payments. And now, of course, the central banks are working furiously to get their own digital payment system in place. Because what we know is that when governments are indebted to the IMF, citizens pay the price. We're going to look at that more deeply. But additionally, when governments and central banks control money, hmm, who pays for that? Ah, the general citizens pay for it. That's why you have this huge discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots, the income inequality, the wealth inequality. So all of that stimulus money, don't you wonder who's really benefiting from it? I've shown you this graph before. This is the most current version. Yardeni, I love his graphs. You've got the links, follow him. Do your own due diligence. And you've got the S&P 500 in red and the central bank balance sheet in blue. And oh my goodness, when they were trying to, you know, reduce their balance sheet, well, the market was struggling, wasn't it? And when this crisis hit, bam, I mean, bam, who's really benefiting? Because we all know the discrepancy between Wall Street and Main Street. We all know that. It's huge. But let's look at those CEO compensations. Certainly they're worth it. Well, a lot of their compensation comes from the S&P 500. So, hmm. Who's benefiting from all this stimulus? Gosh, I bet you those CEOs are benefiting. In fact, and it's, it's, it could be worse this year, but this just came out in August. CEO compensation surged 
14 percent in 2019. CEOs now earn 320 times as much as a typical worker on average, which means there are some that are a whole lot more and some that would be less. But on average, and what is the employee's compensation share of all of this? What's the GDP? The GDP stands for gross domestic product, which is all basically all of the money that flows through the economy. And gosh, up here back in the 70s, it was 1970, it was 51.6% of all the money that, flew th that, that flows through the economy went to the typical worker. Now we're down at 43.4%, hmm, pretty steep drop. And uh, we, we have seen through the coronavirus pandemic that the average wage increased, but not for those that are now unemployed. So it was the white collar workers, those that had the ability to work from home and things like that, that their compensation, that made that average go up. But overall, you know, Wall Street, Main Street, who's benefiting from this stimulus? Yeah, let's face it. Because back in 1965, the CEO to worker compensation ratio was 21 to one. Now it's 320 to one, 320 to one. Yeah. So this whole system that the central banks and the bankers and Wall Street devised, whose benefit is it from? This has been a slow reset. When do you want to get into position? Before you get the big bang. Something wicked happened over the weekend. You tell me why they're not talking about it. I'll keep watching. When I know the results, I'll tell you them. Maybe it went great. Maybe they're compensating those corporations and those banks that were losing money on those contracts as they shifted from one valuation to the other, as they put that fallback language in and tied it to the SOFA, the U.S., or this is, well, this was just in the U.S. So the U.S. new benchmark market. And remember, when Jerome Powell had the opportunity to really reinforce that market through the programs, all the loan lending programs, Main Street lending programs, he tied it to LIBOR. Why? Because they weren't ready for this yet. Are they any more ready now? What a difference a few months can make? I don't know. I fail to see that there is anything safe in this. But what I do see as safe is physical gold. Because while we've seen all of the decline in the value of the purchasing power of the dollar, etc., we've seen, and even though we know this is a contract, this is a spot contract, and what is it? Gold fixing price. 10.30 a.m. London time, right? They fix the price of gold. Easy to do because it's intangible. We've also seen a decoupling between the paper price and the physical price. And at some point when it is time for that, bam, big reset, that's when they will officially revalue gold. But frankly, it's already happening. And by the way, those pieces in the mint, the, the silver, 15 silver products were reset, revalued by the mint. Isn't that kind of a form of a reset? It's not, a, it's not the big one yet, but prices in many of those products doubled or more than doubled or came close to doubling. I don't know. You don't think that's going to have an impact on the market? I'm thinking it will. But hey, I could be wrong. You know, I don't have control over any of this stuff. But what I do have control over is I show up and I do the work. And then I give you 
all of my research so that when I'm giving you my opinion, it's an educated opinion. It's not a random opinion. Because a random opinion doesn't mean anything without substance underneath it. And by the way, um, Dylan, did you pull that link that I asked you to pull earlier on the piece that I did on the laws pertaining to gold and gold confiscation? That will be in the blog. I did that last year. This is from that piece. And just one little piece of that. So if you really have questions about it, you want to know why I buy collectibles? Thanks to my Uncle Al, when I was 10 years old, he showed me how to hold as much gold as I wanted legally when it was illegal to hold. And so you have a lot of people go, well, that's never going to happen again. Okay, well, why do they still have the laws on the books for it then? If they're never going to do it again, why? You tell me, please, somebody answer that question. Because they continuously reinforce it. This is from the Federal Regulations Register on 7-1-2004. Seizure and forfeiture of gold for violations of Gold Reserve Act of 1934 and gold reg regulations. The Secret Service officers are authorized to make seizures of gold. I'm sorry. And this is just one little piece. Go back, look at that if you haven't seen that. We'll have the link for you on the blog. Because the truth of the matter is, is that real gold prevents governments and central banks abuse via inflation, via the loss of your purchasing power. Because wages, I mean, if you're a CEO, this is different. But the average worker, wages never keep up with inflation by design. And by the way, how do they judge inflation? By the products that the corporations create. So that's what's enabled the CEO compensation because, you know, they're making more money. Nominally, they're paying you more. But heck, if a family of four could live on 9500 bucks comfortably in 1971, and now when they just recently did those $1,200 checks to anybody making less than $75,000 a year, what does that tell you? That should tell you a lot. That should tell you that $75,000 isn't even as good as the $9,500 that it was in 71. That's the devaluation. And inflation hides that. But gold prevents that. Prevents the ability of governments and central bank abuse in that way. And I kind of call my collectible coins stealth wealth. Because I can't guarantee this. I certainly don't write the laws and the rules. But it very well may prevent, like it did back in 33, government confiscation. Because it makes up less than 2% of the gold that's out there. What's going to be easier to confiscate? And you can't hold it in an IRA, which is where most of the physical gold is held. Pretty easy. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. Pretty easy to take it when it's over there out of your possession. People say that to me all the time. Well, they wouldn't do that. That's a random opinion. It is not based upon historic laws and facts. It's not based on current laws. I, I know I ran long today and I know there are questions. So right after this, we, I will do a Q&A. So you want to stay tuned for that. But last week I was on with Chris Marcus from Arcadia Economics and I really enjoyed that interview. And I think you will too. I also did a coffee with Lynette with Jason Harmon and we talked a lot about real estate in that. So this week on Thursday, I don't know when he'll run it, but I'm with Sean from SGT and I imagine we're going to be talking a lot about this stuff. And so I think it'll most likely be a really good interview. And I always enjoy speaking to Shauna. It's been a while. 
Next week, I'm on with the Millionaire Choice podcast, Tony Bradshaw. And that's a new one for me. And you guys know that I always love uh, a new podcast or broadcast or video because I never know what's coming and that's what I like the best. So I hope you're, I hope everybody got something out of this because the reality is it's not what you see that's dangerous to you. It's what you don't see. And they aren't, they are telling you, they're burying it, but they are telling you so that when it becomes apparent, you can't go, well, but you never know me because they can say, oh, sure, here, we told you here, we told you here. It's just that people don't look. And when they're hiding something, I don't know. Maybe that experiment went just dandy. Maybe it didn't. I will pay attention, and when I know the results, I will let you know. Just keep in mind, that a hundred bazillion percent, it is time to cover your assets. Here at ITM Trading, well, we do that with the Wealth Shield, which there's a big part of it. It's physical gold and physical silver, but stay tuned for us expanding that because we want you to know how to be as independent and self-sufficient as possible. So that when it becomes apparent to you, you're prepared. It's still going to freak you out. It's going to freak me out. But at least you'll have toilet paper. You'll have food. You'll have food. You'll have water, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community. And we're working on that too. We're experimenting. We're looking at things. I'm so excited about what we're building here and what's coming on board for you. And until next we meet, and I would share this one, by the way, share, 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 please give us a thumbs up. But until next we meet, please, please, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.